You're listening to episode number 358 of the 360 Vegas podcast. Check out the blog at 360vegaspodcast.com or send us an email at 360vegaspodcast at gmail.com. You can support the show financially when you shop at Amazon and Vegas.com. Simply go to the blog, click on the corresponding banner and go about your shopping. It's that easy to give us money without giving us money. Also, get early and sometimes exclusive access to all things 360 Vegas with a $7 per month subscription to Patreon. <laughs> I think my tongue is just swelled up the three times its size. That's patreon.com slash 360 Vegas. Day after tomorrow, gentlemen, we'll be in Las Vegas. Welcome to Vegas. Las Vegas functions on a 24-hour-a-day schedule. The pools, the casino. Big volcano out in front. That's the Eiffel Tower. Bellagio. Riviera. The Mirage. Flamingo. Sahara. The MGM Grand. This isn't the real Caesars Palace, is it? On a gamble. They always put the machines that pay off the most right in the front. Good luck. The Strip is just the most amazing stretch of road, I think, probably anywhere in the world. Kicking ass in Vegas. Vegas, baby. Vegas, baby. Welcome to Las Vegas. So you, you said you were coming in warm, not hot. I think I think we're hot. <laughs> I, I think we're well past warm at this point. Right. <laughs> I've had a few beverages, kids. I've had a few beverages. And if one of them happened to have been uh, the last word, which is the cocktail Ooh. that got highlighted for the Patreon folk this week, that's the drink that uh, my wife and I and, and Mark, I mean, I had it, but I was with Mark and my wife when we were at Chandelier Bar. Uh, I, I, I've had a few of those this evening, and now I'm moving on to my shaker and spoon subscription box. It, it, this Uh-oh. month's um, subscription box was a rye whiskey-based cocktail. So, listen, no plug. I, we get nothing out of it, but the fun thing about shaker and spoon is they send you all the shit for three different cocktails. Then they tell you what base you need. So like rye whiskey, vodka, gin, whatever the case might be. Right. Uh, and that's what I'm enjoying right now, friends. So uh, go. we're going to have a good time. You actually sent me one of those shaker and spoon kits one time. It was a lot of fun. The, except for, I think one of them had a tea infused cocktail that I was not a huge fan of. But other than that, it was just a lot of fun to get to try stuff. And, and it's so cute. It comes in all these little, um, little bottles and little eyedropper things. And it's adorable. Yeah. It's, it, well, and what's a lot of fun about a lot of fun about it too, Karen, is that, (laughs) and I think I've talked about this on the podcast before, as long as you put them in little bottles that are, I think the three ounces, what, what, what can you, what can you get through TSA? I think it's three ounces or less. They don't give a shit what you've got in your little, um, knapsack that you're putting through the TSA scanner. So a lot of times I'll put some of the, (laughs) some of the mixers (laughs) in little three ounce bottles and then, and now you can't do it right now, at least you can't on Delta with COVID and whatnot, but prior to COVID, you could buy the base. Assuming you know, the, the uh, yeah, whatever yeah. the, the basic kind of it, not the, maybe yep. the specific that they recommend, but mix your own cocktails on the plane. Exactly right. And, and, and frankly, <laughs> that's what I did. I, I, I did a few of those. Uh, Flight to Vegas happens to be one of them. Shocker. No. I know. All right, well, listen, uh, because we're Tony's coming in a little bit hot, we should probably get started on the show. He's Mark, she's Karen, I'm Tony, and as always, we start with Random Vegas. Bruce Willis was offered the role of Danny Ocean in Ocean's Eleven Remake, and he turned it down. We got that from Vital Vegas. Thank God. That would have been an interestingly different movie. It would have been Bruce awful. Willis. I don't know if it would have been awful, but there's no, there's I would no say way. It was well cast with. Uh, it was very well cast. I mean, he's he's you know smooth and, I mean, Bruce Willis just just isn't. No, no, that would not have been. Can you imagine Bruce Willis and Brad Pitt as the rusty character going? That would have been awful. I think it would have. I think it would have been fine. I think that. Um, Quite frankly, if I can be very honest, I think that George Clooney is to, to tip his career hat to Bruce Willis because, to the best of my knowledge, truly, Ocean's that Ocean's Eleven remake was what kicked off his career. Now, now stop everybody at home. I know he was on ER at the time, but I think that's why he was the second to, choice. Didn't he get a um, or was nominated an Oscar for that 
brother, oh brother, were out thou or something? I don't know. Yes, but that was well after. Was it I after? Remember, oh, the remake came out in 2011. I know. Well, the first one's 20 years old, which is ridiculous. Well, the, the first remake. Right. Yeah. Because the first and, one was oh, a long you know time what? ago. Oh, well, yeah, the, the first of the current Ocean series, yes. I apologize, Karen. I will, I will, I will oh, was apologize right? on Mike. Oh. oh, brother, where art thou? Came out in the year 2000. See? So he was already a uh, moderately. Not that I've ever seen so, that movie. <laughs> I haven't either. I haven't either. <laughs> Someone named John Turturro and Tim Blake Nelson. Two guys I've never heard of or have been John in my Turturro? kitchen. Yeah. No idea. I am, I am unfamiliar with that. Anyway, okay. So there I you think go. that I think Andrew, it was good casting short, the way it was. It probably wouldn't have been as good as I think I think, you know, but it's always hard to reimagine a role and a character in you know, in, in somebody else's vein. And and I just think that I think and listen, I'm not a big uh, George Clooney fan. I don't dislike him, but I know Die Hard. I'm familiar with with Bruce Willis's work. He probably could have pulled it off, but man, there was something about it just seemed like George Clooney and Brad Pitt melded beautifully yeah, together. Yeah, they were kind of meant for those roles. Yeah, yeah, they were. And that's I mean, I I just have a hard time. I also think that part of Danny Ocean's appeal is that he's an attractive person, and for me personally, I don't think Bruce Willis even comes close to comparing. I think he's a good actor. I think he's he's played some great characters in some of the roles that he's done. I mean, one of my favorite movies is The Fifth Element, which I thought he was great in. But, um, yeah, no, he wouldn't have been as good. I respect that. I do. I also respect this particular twit pick of the week. The Dunes. Probably the number one place I wish I saw before they destroyed it. I'm sure it wouldn't have lived up to the hype I've created in my mind over the years, but it doesn't reduce my desire to see it. Perhaps it's better that I didn't because I have such an idealized version of the property that it would that was reportedly a grind joint at the end of its life cycle. But still, I shall fondly recall and I guess I'm not recalling anything. I shall fondly continue to put that property and specifically that sign on a pedestal. Forever in love with the concept and the legend that was the Dunes, showcased in all its glory by Atsumacorp. Go ahead, Tony. Uh, I'm actually going to withhold my commentary because my FHE could easily be cut and pasted into... <laughs> Based on how, what I'm going to share, so, so okay. I, I, I love to hear what your thoughts are on it. Don't get me wrong; it's a beautiful picture. It's super cool. Um, apparently, it's juxtapositioned against some place called the Oasis, and I don't know, Mark. You well, might the be Oasis was part of the Dunes. It was their their <gasps> last extension. Jeez, well, didn't even didn't, I knew oh, that? So I'll have to recheck. I thought the Twitter, the Summa Corp Twitter account, said it was at opposite corners yeah they the, are well I, I don't know if if the dunes was on a corner but uh, the oasis did push all the way up to flamingo and las vegas boulevard mm, the dunes okay. was set back a little bit i mean but it, I, I would say the dunes probably went down as far as uh, cosmopolitan goes hmm. okay so so you don't think i actually had to cross the street to where the caesar's not to get to oasis no gotcha. not from dunes okay Gotcha, gotcha. All right, then, then even more so than even more so than I'm, 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 I would certainly love to have been around to have gotten to see it also. And I concur that perhaps you and I in 2021 can sit here and uh, grandiose. Wax poetic. Thank you. I like that. Right. That is definitely English. <laughs> we can wax poetic about how amazing it probably would have been. But if we would have walked in in the final days when it was a grand joy, much like actually the frontier. I know I've said it before, but I'll say it again. I did at least fortunately, thank goodness, got the opportunity to go into the frontier months before it ultimately closed down. Was it dirty and dark and dank and tired and ready to go? Absolutely. Was it probably gorgeous in its heyday? Probably. Does it make me any less sad that it's gone? Not even a little. I, 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 I wish I would have. I, I, I am as sad today in 2021 
as I was the day it got torn down. There's just, there is a place. I I'll say this over and over again. There's a place for tired rundown, maybe needs a bit of a facelift locations. Need some I, love. There, yeah, there I, is. I agree with you. There, there is. It's called Reno. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't believe that didn't make it into the FHE, but we'll save that for another day. <laughs> oh, I love that. That listeners, that was totally unprompted. I know the backstory, but I'm not going to say anything more about it. That was awesome. Karen. <laughs> well, thank you. And I think it's a really cool picture. I, I wish the marquee was lit. And I, I don't know I if agree. it didn't. The, the marquee lit up is is yeah, awesome. That's that's the only thing about that picture I think that would have made it better is if the marquee had been lit. But otherwise, yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a very cool you know blast from the past. As always, we will link to the photo on our blog. We'll feature it on all of our social media outlets, such as Flickr, Pinterest, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Let's get into the news. I'll be the first to say, if you're not a Patreon subscriber, you are missing out. Talk to us about the evolution of Vegas video series. So taking inspiration from the Enhanced Podcast, the evolution of Vegas video series is an attempt to take our vintage Vegas series and add a visual element to it to better tell the story. YouTube gives us that opportunity, and we can now do it with chapters for those longer videos. Since our last show, we've released two episodes, Billy Wilkerson and the Flamingo and the Great Consolidation with lots more to come. Uh, If you're not already, please consider supporting the show by subscribing to our YouTube channel. Uh, Have you had a chance to to take a look at at Wilkerson or the Great Consolidation? Both of them. Yeah. Both of them. (laughs) Beautiful. Amazing. Here's the best part. And and I'm ever so slightly stealing somebody's comment, but um, I I will, I will, I will. Just do it. Just go. I'm going to, yeah, poison the well a little bit. So to the best of my recollection, Mark, what you've done is you've taken podcast content, Patreon podcast content, Mm. and you've turned it into patreon video content yes and it although the you know a a picture speaks a thousand words unless you're doing that fucking digital art which is 69 million dollars bullshit but i digress (laughs) uh you know you took something that that the mind's eye when listening to the podcast would visualize and you literally visualized it for the eyes. So you don't have to use the mind's eye to see what it is you're talking about and the transformation. You literally have shown the transformation. And that is so powerful because, again, a picture speaks a thousand words. And when you're hearing the history and how it coincides with these images, you do a beautiful job of really transitioning from one stage to the next stage to the next stage. And it's I've said it a thousand times. Y'all, y'all sign up for for Mark's content. You just stick around because once in a blue moon, I put some bullshit out that <laughs> you'll be like, oh, that was, was kind of interesting. So it's just so fun, super fun. Yeah, they're they're a lot of fun to work on. It's if, for those that don't know the Enhanced Podcast, there there used to be an ability to uh, to put pictures in in a podcast. So. Um, the cover photo would change as as the story was going on, and I used to do that with the with the uh, uh, even the regular show. Yeah, with with the regular show, and even in in, in the vintage, I, I heavily used it in the vintage right. episodes. And this gave me the opportunity. I was kind of bummed when that technology went away, and this kind of gives me the opportunity to go back to that, especially now that that. YouTube allows for chan- or for uh, chapters to be created. So now I'm going right back to where we were and creating a, a, a more of a documentary style. So now instead of just listening to it, you can actually see who I'm talking about. Right. And it is available so that the Patreon subscribers are, are getting it yep. dropped early um, and for future ones. But if you want to check out the ones that are there, they're out on the YouTube channel. So please, you know, like and subscribe. That would be awesome. Yes. Next up, the Sands has been sold. You know those guys that used to run Caesars Entertainment and got muscled out by Carl Icahn? Guess who just bought the Sands? 
Apollo Management and Vici Properties agreed to buy the Las Vegas Sands Convention Center, Venetian, and Palazzo for $6.25 billion. The move still requires approval, but is considered to be a formality. The Las Vegas Sands will simply become known as the Sands as soon as the deal is complete, uh, as the company moves forward primarily as an Asian company. Let me ask you this, Tony. How big of a deal do you think this is? You know, I, I, I actually, I don't know yet. I really don't. Like I, when I read this, I read it a couple times through because I really wanted to have some commentary to provide. I don't know. Vici is 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 a REIT, right? It's it, right. I yeah. don't know how to interpret this particular move. Um, so somebody, I, I mean, to, the REIT's going to run the the property, and then the you've got the gaming operations. They're just separating them out, right? If um, if they start to liberalize their their comp stays and i know i'm i'm harping at this point on what is conservatively a 10 year old gripe well but, but these are caesar's guys though don't forget these are caesar's guys so if they you know take the the stuff that they learned from total rewards and apply it to this then maybe those comps do start to become a little more more loose but or the that, flip or that. side of that is they used to be caesar's guys and they got muscled out and taken over and destroyed by icon so that's a little concerning. Well, but he's more of a monster. Like they got well, yeah. themselves into into a shitty situation, and he but, took advantage of it. But which, that's what I mean. They got yeah. themselves into a shitty situation. True. I true. mean, people that run good companies don't get themselves into a, a point where they can be taken over. Fair enough. Fair enough. I I I will be cautiously optimistic about what this could turn into because I would love to be. I really would. I would love to be a Venetian Palazzo guy, or at least I'd love to have the opportunities with Venetian Palazzo that I've got with Caesars. I want the opportunity. I, I have no problem losing my gambling money with those good folks. I have no problem spending all of my uh, dining dollars with those good folks. But if you're going to make me pay for that hotel room on top of doing all of those things, there's literally no incentive for me. Right. So if they can just, just you know, crack open that, that tight ass, uh, well, tight ass, but <laughs> tight ass wallet specifically, just a little bit to allow well, some free rooms to come in, I will be their ideal gambler so or, or, or customer. I think I think you might see that early on because you've got to remember Venetian and Palazzo were built to house people that were attending a convention at the Sands Convention Center. Until the conventions come back and they start filling those rooms again with convention goers, it's really likely that they're going to do what they can to just get more people in. So that it's a possibility, um, but Can yeah. The brilliant insight swagger that you provide sometimes <laughs> just makes me want to open mouth kiss Mark. So I, just, <laughs> I love, I love that. I, you're, you're, you're up. That I never thought about that. You're absolutely right. Uh, yeah, I'm just saying. Sorry to Mark. I pay. Mark's like, I did not see that. <laughs> and I was okay no, with that. If that's what it makes you want to do, I am good with that, Tony. <laughs> now, Mark, you'll have to negotiate it with him, but. Oh, it's awesome. <laughs> I mean, my wife's like, I mean, Karen's kind of a pretty lady, so <laughs> we got to put it, let's make a deal. <laughs> and a new definition of swapping. Right. Should we move on? Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, this is kind of, this is kind of a, a, a low set point. This will, this will bring the mood down real yeah, quick. Right. I know, right? There was a murder-suicide at Wynn. Yeah, a Wynn security guard was killed last week in the employee parking garage in an apparent murder-suicide. Officers were called after an employee who had not shown up for work for two days used his badge to enter the garage. Oh, wow, that's... Right? I, yeah. I mean, just something that simple, you know, not that showing up for a couple it. days, and they, and they flag They flagged him. it yeah. right away. Yeah. The security guard approached the vehicle in the, a remote part of the fifth floor and was shot multiple times. The shooter then exited the car and shot himself. Please do not, police do not believe the two men knew each other and have no motive for the crime. Those are always the crimes that scare me the most. Like when you don't yeah, have a no, motive. Yeah, there's no reason. Yeah, because then like the randomness of, of that is like, oh, this can happen to anybody for well, any reason. You know, the fact that, okay, so he didn't come to work for two two days. So there likely was something going on in his life, in his mind. You So you think there's more to the story they didn't release to the to the press? Well, no, I'm just, I, I, I think that they told, the press told the story of what happened in the garage. I don't think anybody knows like why didn't this guy come into work for two days right that's my concern is he huh. he had something going on 
that drove him to this point and he's just like fuck it i mean he didn't he wasn't due to work from what i understand mm -hmm. but you know to your point the fact that the security flagged him as soon I know, as he badged so in i know so interesting like that's that's how tight their their security is right now is yeah. somebody who wasn't scheduled to or somebody who hadn't shown up to work for 2 days scans in when they're not expected to scan in and they get flagged that's yeah. that's impressive and then I, I have to give vital vegas some credit he uh he tweeted out actually just a little bit ago today that um they're hearing that win is now going to provide body armor for their security guards wow oh, yeah so i mean it's it's off i mean yeah it's horrible mark to your, to your point i i concur with you i i assume i'm either going to to die from cirrhosis of the liver or <laughs> i'm going to die in some remarkably like tragic unforeseen scenario right. like this unfortunate security guard because there are times when i think to myself is this this is this the time there is a video and I'll, I'll do my best to try to find it in the next 24 to 48 hours and i'll tag you in it when i find it so you can retweet it to to the rest of the, the listeners that aren't listening to me rude uh, <laughs> there is there is some video of a fellow it's a las vegas video and he's he's in the parking lot. He's at the corner of Sahara and the Strip, and he's standing at the corner where the um, that giant uh, gift shop is. Right? You know where I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. Bonanza. But yes, he's in Bonanza, and he's bashing out the windows of just some car that stopped at a red light. Like it's waiting. It's it's heading southbound on the Strip to turn right onto Sahara. So right. he, so if, if, if you're the driver of the car, imagine the Bonanza is, is on your, is on your right hand side across Kinda the street. Your you. left hand yeah. side is, is the Sahara. Right. <clears throat> There's some guy who's clearly just whacked out on, on some, I assume illegal drug. And he just walks up to this car and just starts smashing the shit out of the windows. And the car, unfortunately the driver's like two or three cars behind so they can't go the anywhere intersection yeah. so he's got nowhere to go and right. he's trying to drive up like the curb to just just to get away from this random person who's bussing out the windows of this guy's car that shit i don't know what it is about that video specifically made me realize well now i just got to be afraid of everyone for every reason right <laughs> <laughs> And your, your comment here about this murder-suicide at Wynn, you're like, yeah, you're, all you're going to do is to make sure, hey, is this dude okay? We we haven't seen him the past couple of right. days when he was supposed to be in, and today's not his day to be in, but here he is. So let's just, how you doing, buddy? And boom. Yeah. That's yeah, it's, it's sad. It's really sad. All right. Well, listen, let's move into things that aren't quite so sad, and that's prop bets. Now, for those of you who may be unfamiliar or brand new to the show or it just pisses you off and that's what we like to do is needle you, <laughs> Prop Bets is an extension of the news, but you're going to get little bits and pieces of noteworthy items. And I always get to go first. A Texas woman won over $302,000 at McCarran Airport because she was playing the Wheel of Fortune slot machine. And she oh, missed her flight home. Oh, of course she did. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I, I can't imagine any better excuse right. to have to miss a flight home than because I had to wait for my check for $302,000. And can you imagine if she had had like a shitty trip, like she'd lost all her gambling money. Special she wasn't just in general, like winning it at the airport, I think because of what you're saying, Karen, right. like it's the end of your trip and it's about time to go home, which is a little bit mopey because the trip's over and you're trying to get a last couple, you know, get your last fix in. And, and then you end up like, I mean, there are bigger jackpots, one in Las Vegas, but you report this one. Not many at McCarran. I mean, not many it's in the not airport. A McCarran, not, not a I mean, McCarran. the airport is notoriously known for being stingy. Right. So. True. Very true. Yeah. It's just how fun, how cool. I'm so excited for her. And the worst part is in three years from now, she's going to be living on Skid Row because <laughs> I guarantee you. If I ever won $302,000 at McCarran Airport on my way out the door, uh, there's no way I couldn't not come back. Use my my proceeds to just buy a house. There you go. Right? Yeah. Right. 
right there's, now I'm living in Vegas. There's a couple no right mortgage. down the street from us, just, just so you know. I Stop it. <laughs> you guys are the worst. <laughs> quickly, quickly, Karen, move on. Okay. Spirit Airlines has announced new nonstop flights to Vegas from Milwaukee starting in June and Louisville starting in May. I always think it's newsworthy whenever uh, an airline expands so they've got more direct flights. Oh, I direct get, flights, yes. I always get Even ex- if it is spirit. Right. I always get excited when, uh, when just because we lived in a place before where you didn't have that. Yeah, you did not have that option, yeah. and it sucked. Yep. <laughs> the RJ reports that Virgin Hotel will open with free parking, no resort fee, and free Wi-Fi. Woohoo! Right? We'll see how long that lasts. Oh, and also, no outside food or beverages allowed. What? They, yeah, they, they announced that too. Which technically, every property in Vegas has that rule. They just don't enforce it. Um, but yeah, no, they're actually going to enforce it. Which if you think about it, if you buy a beverage somewhere on the strip and you walk to Virgin, hopefully you will have consumed said beverage before you get there. Well, but there's all the places around, you know, like the, the shopping mall or the yeah. shopping plaza across there. I'm just saying, they also announced, yeah, no no outside food or beverage allowed in. That's silly. Leave your coolers at home, kids. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Benny's Smoke and Barbecue and Brews will return to operation March 15th, just in time for March Madness. There's a lot Although of people. I don't know where that is. Where, yeah, where is that? Uh, Benny's? Oh, oh, sorry, it's in Binion's. Sorry, I thought, oh. I thought Benny's kind of gave it away. Oh, okay, that makes sense. I mean, sense. it kind of did, but I appreciate you tying it all together that was my exact thought when I, when I saw it first too Tony I'm like where, where's Benny's yeah sorry <laughs> cannabis dispensaries have been unanimous, unanimously approved to start distributing their product via drive through windows alright so here's my question for you does this increase business because you're somebody that used to work in an industry that drive through was, was a major thing yes um, does this increase business or does this just make it more convenient for people who already visit these places um, I think maybe both. Hmm. Actually, no. Now, now that I say that, I don't think maybe both. Because I think there's something about a dispensary, at least it was for me, that I was a little afraid going into one for the first time. Okay. So actually, yeah, maybe it will. Because you don't have that fear of going inside. Now, I don't know if it's going to look like your typical drive through where you have a menu with a speaker box that you say, hey, let me order, you know, <laughs> two ounces of this and, you know, a bag of gummies and whatever. I imagine it would. I don't know if it's going to look like it's that. It's going to be like a digital display board. It's just going to have <laughs> weed all over it. That's the weirdest thing about, about living in a place with legalized weed is the fact that there are still places that it's illegal. So it's such a weird thing to, you know, like we're laughing about this, but you're like, no, that is probably what they're going to do. They're probably going to have a big sandwich display board that's going to have, you know, this much for this joint and this much for that. When you think about it, when you get up to the window, I'm assuming there's going to be, you know, like a bulletproof glass with like a bank teller drawer, like like they have. I didn't think about that. They've got it. Like they got it like Walgreens now, like banks and shit. Right. Like the bank teller where the drawer slides out. Number one, they got to check your ID. Yep. Because typically in a dispensary, your ID ID before, before you go you even in, walk into the right? Place, yeah. Um, and then you got to get your order, and then you know that you got to pay for it in cash. And then I mean, so it's going to be a process at the window when you if, if they do have the you know digital menu board where you talk into a speaker, there's still going to be a process at the window. Right, so right. you know, I I don't know. I I think it's a huge convenience for folks that are already using the dispensaries and know what they want to get, and it might be you know, kind of a gateway for folks coming in, but I can't, I can just envision what's going to happen mm-hmm. is people are going to get their Uber or their taxi and go, yeah, just go through the drive through please. Right. Yeah. Like I can totally <laughs> see that happening. Agreed. Which is an interesting observation because the only, I don't inherently have a problem with this per se, right? Like I'm going to choose to believe that individuals who want to obtain their marijuana are going to drive up, purchase it, wait till they get home where they're safe to, to use it. But let me take it from a different angle. What if, if this is okay, what's so wrong with going up and getting a drive through cocktail? Why couldn't someone? Well, so, hypothetically? so, so hypothetically, and I, I've spent a lot of time in Louisiana where they do have drive through daiquiri shops. Okay. Oh, wait, what? You didn't oh, know by that? the way, I yeah. put my house up for sale. I'm moving to New Orleans. <laughs> but so here's, here's the thing. So consuming marijuana in public is still illegal. Your car included. You can't consume it while you're driving. You can't do that. The same as alcohol. 
What they okay. do in Louisiana is you have the drive-through daiquiri shops. They either do one of two things. They give you the cup with the lid on it and no straw inserted through. They'll hand you the straw, but it's not already in the cup, right? Sure. Or, so that's considered a, a closed container. If you open that cup and drink from it, that's an open container, which you're not allowed to do. Okay. okay. The other thing that they do is they hand you the cup with the straw in it, but the, the paper cap is still in the straw. That is also considered a closed container. If you take the, the paper top off the straw, that's an open container. So It's silly technicalities. It's very, very much technicalities. So it, it is, you know, you can be, so let's say you vape. You don't smoke a joint, but you normally vape. So you go sure. through the drive through window, you get a new vape cartridge, you put it in your, in your pen, and you're vaping as you go down the street. Nobody's going to know unless they pull you over and there's a abundant smell of weed coming out of the car <laughs> that, you know, you're vaping marijuana and not vaping whatever the hell's in the other stuff. Yeah. So it, it, there's, there's ways around it. But yeah, there's... I guess my, my greater point, though, is to say... Why would you start to allow? And again, I'm not saying that I'm necessarily opposed to this. Is can, can we think it through? Can we can we at least have the conversation? What's so different about allowing somebody to drive through and get themselves some marijuana to go? Which in theory they could. I'm not saying that they will. And I'd love to believe. I'm going to put my blinders on. And I'm going to pretend that they don't touch it until they get home and they're safe and you know, blah, blah, blah. What's the difference between what's the difference between them walking into the store, carrying it out to their car versus just getting it through the drive through. You've got the same risk either way. Yeah. Because I don't, because to my knowledge, I can't pull up to a drive through and get myself some alcohol. Not, not in, not in, no, not in Nevada. No, they even had that in in, uh, Ohio. Used to be able to do that. Used to, they had the drive through convenience stores. Yeah. Yeah. So that's something that has not caught on in Michigan like it really should have. I knew of one <laughs> place in Kalamazoo, Michigan, that it was literally, it, it used to, what they did is they took a, um, a car wash. Yep, an old car Where wash. you would drive in. Yeah, yep. yeah. And they, 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 they gutted it, yep. took all of the car wash parts out. Lined it with coolers. And a liquor huh, store. Is yeah. that what they did? Well, I don't know that ours was, was like when we were in Columbus, the one by our house was like that. But yeah, it's, it's long, like a, one of those drive-thrus that, that, you know, roll you through it. It's long like one of those and you kind of pull in and you tell the guy what they want and they run to the different coolers or shelves and put it in your back seat and then bill you for it. Yeah. It was so cool. <laughs> All right. We should probably move on. What's yep. the next one? Oh, uh, oh, life is beautiful. Yeah. Yep. Life is beautiful. The multi-day music and food festival hosted downtown annually announced plans to return this September 17th through the 19th after having to cancel the event in 2020. Tickets were available now, uh, featuring artists including Billie Eilish and Green Day. I think you picked two out of the only three names that I knew on the whole playlist, yeah. or, or playbill. <laughs> I have no opinion on it, I, I, and frankly, I don't give a shit because I'm not going to go, but it makes me excited that things are starting to come back to life. Yeah, I agree. Magic Mike Live Las Vegas announced that they are moving their opening date. Speaking of going from things that are, you know coming back to life to things that are still flaccid. <laughs> um, they've moved their opening date from March 26th all the way back to August 27th at the Sahara. Now, for those of you who've already purchased your tickets... Oh, and I'm sure we have some listeners that have. <laughs> <laughs> you will be contacted directly for either a refund or for the reschedule. Hmm. The Strat renamed their adults-only pool on the 24th floor from Radius to Wet 24. The pool is open daily from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. What do you what, what do you think? Is that a is that a downgrade in name? I I, I I think so. Yeah, radius sounded a little cooler to me. I mean, wet 24 tells you a little bit more what it is, and it also kind uh, of has that double well, entendre. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's clearly got the double entendre. Right. So is I don't. Is it open 24 hours? No. Uh, no, it's, uh, on, it's the on the 24th, 24th floor. floor. Then what's the double entendre? That, that it's you're, a wet 24 year That old? somebody is wet 24 seven. You know, 24 hours. But yeah, it's. That's oh, Tony. I know, right? I'm old. <laughs> I don't get these references anymore. What's a wet 24-year-old? I, I call that a bottle of scotch. Oh, my goodness. Move I, on. No, I, just, I, I, I liked Radius. I think that Radius tells you exactly what you're going to get if you want to swim at that pool. Is it? Is it 24 flights up? Is it Radius? Yeah, it's on the 24th floor. It's wet 24 because it's Look on the 24th floor. Look at the show floor. notes. It's on the 24th floor. Oh. 
that's where they got the 24. Oh, my God. Okay, it's all coming together. Yeah. <laughs> White oh Vegas God. reports that table game grandfathering has been discontinued at Caesars Entertainment. For those of you unfamiliar, grandfathering is when table limits are increased. The players who were already playing get to continue playing at the previous lower limits. I don't like what this. What a cheap bullshit move. I don't like this. I never understood how they managed it before. Because the dealers know what they're doing. Yeah, I guess. But, I mean, so here, here's my biggest. So what they're saying is because the, the demand is so high for the table games that they want, you know, the higher dollar players coming in, which I don't doubt that that's true right now because they've removed half the table games off the fucking floors and they're not opening. They're only opening half of them. So, yeah, if you don't have the table games open, the demand's going to be higher and that's why they're charging more. Right. This, this is a bullshit move and this is just El Dorado and I'm still going to call him El Dorado looking for more ways to nickel and dime people. Hmm. It's bullshit. I couldn't have said it better, so I shan't. Eater Vegas reports that New York's Zapola Italian Bakery will take over the space formerly occupied by Paris Baguette French Bakery at the Venetian in the Grand Canal shops. It's in the resort's replica of the St. Mark's Square. I always think it it, it interesting that a, a bakery is able to be busy enough to open up in Vegas. Well, it's not just well, bread. I mean, they, yeah, well, well, I know it's not just bread. I, I know, but I, I just I, it's it's the concept of like the, like the cake boss having a thing like who wants that much fucking cake? You know, I know it's not the only <laughs> thing that they serve, but I'm just saying <laughs> they do a mean breakfast business, is what Usually, I'm guessing. Yeah. yeah. Dunkin' Donuts plans to open two locations, both walk-up establishments, on the Strip in April. One will be located in Link, and the other in the Caesars Forum Shops. Yeah, go, go Dunkin'. March 26th, Hakkasan will reopen at the MGM Grand as an ultra lounge, and reservations will be required for entrance. I'm glad they're opening, but I don't, I don't really get the point. I'll make a... Can I make a counter, counter argument? Well, that's kind of why you're on the show. <laughs> Duh, but you brought me along for. I'm always going to be the counter. Uh, I, I kind of like this idea. So Hakkasan's not going to reopen as an uns, 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 right. uns, uns sort of club. Right. It's going to reopen as an ultra lounge. I think they're, let me put it this way. If Hakkasan is going to be unsy or it's going to be ultra loungy, Hakkasan has a much better opportunity to get my credit card, yeah, that's fair. Then it will being unsy. Yeah, that's a, that's a fair point. I mean, it gives you know people like us who aren't normally interested in in that place, or or wouldn't normally put ourselves subject ourselves to what is required to to get into Hakkasan. Right now, would go, oh shit, I just need a reservation and I can get in. Well, and especially Vegas vacation coming up, we're going to be staying South Strip anyway, so that might be we're going to be in the vicinity. Oh, that's, huh. That's a cool idea. Just That's saying. Cool idea, actually. I have a few good ones every now and then. Bring in the swagger. That's what she does. <laughs> All right. That's going to do it for news and prop bets. Let's check the river. <laughs> All right. So. Uh, this week we've got an FHE. This is our opportunity to go out and explore the ever-changing landscapes and uh, of Las Vegas and share with you your experience. Mark, do you want to get us started? Yeah, this week you went out and explored Spinetti's. Tell us about your first-hand experience. So this was a place that you had recommended to yes. me. What I love about this, and, and I said this to you when we were out in, in Vegas with you. Listen, there are times when I want to go try some things but i would never unless i had a rental I, a rental car i wouldn't necessarily make an uber trip out there and spinetti's just happens to be one of those things that had been on my to-do list obviously because of your testimonial about how cool it mm -hmm. was but without having a car i didn't really see much value to going all the way out there because it's quasi in the arts district and, and maybe for the listeners it's it, let's just say it's maybe halfway between the strip and downtown right, right. so it's, it's yeah. kind of in that little gray area it was super cool so first of all they bill themselves and this was literally the words of the young man that i don't 
know if he if he doesn't own it, he's definitely the general manager and has a lot of or somebody somebody coming yeah. up. He said we consider ourselves to be the pawn shop for gambling memorabilia. Mm-hmm. And in my opinion, whether he intended it to come across this way, which I think he did, or I'm choosing to interpret it that way, he wants to say, listen, we know that there's that quote unquote pawn stars people out there hmm. where they're selling shit. And if you want gambling memorabilia, we're the people you actually come to see. They have every conceivable casino that you could think of. Oh, and chips. Not just Vegas. Oh, not just. They've got, sorry, they've got Reno, Tahoe, Atlantic City, Biloxi, and and then, you know, a few of those middle of nowhere casinos. Right. I, sorry, Mark, I want you to jump in as you've got thoughts. Oh, no, I was I was just going to say not just chips, but cards and, and all sorts of things. Absolutely. And one of the cool things is if you really wanted to own a legitimate full-sized craps table, right. you can buy it there. Yeah. If you want to own a full-size blackjack or Caribbean stud or three-card poker, if you want it, you can buy it there. <laughs> and and, and cool. again, it, it, it is truly a casino regulation-sized table. Right. So what do you want? What do you want to buy? Now, I happen to pick up some playing cards and dice from the sands. And I, I will very quickly, and I promise, Mark, quickly circle back <laughs> to your twip pick of the week monologue <laughs> about the number one place that you wish you would have seen before it was gone. It would, for me, have been the sands. Mm. I bet you it definitely would not have lived up to the hype I've created in my mind over the years. But that doesn't mean I don't want to see the sands any less than I have. I am such a fan of the Rat Pack and, and, and the concept of those guys night after night performing to an audience and having fun and laughing and singing the songs that even in 2021, they come on their radio and I dare you not to sing at the top of your lungs. (laughs) (laughs) I happen to also pick up a matchbook from the quad. I got some playing cards from Imperial palace, a swizzle stick from El Rancho, technically the second iteration and some uh, prop playing cards from the Tangiers, which as casino movie fans will know is is the name of the casino in that in that movie uh i think in my opinion the best get meaning what was the coolest thing i was able to get while i was there was something called a five dollar dig chip dig a dig chip from the sands now if you guys will will humor me for about a four minute um monologue Mm -hmm. i'm going to explain to you what this dig chip really means well, uh, of course, if you you could actually save time by just getting into it, because that's specifically what I what I want you to do. Well, <laughs> I'm just going to literally read the words here in my bullet points. Are you cool with that? Go, yes. go. Sands Casino, Las Vegas, Nevada has a five dollar HNO dig chip from the 1970s, and HNO means Hughes Nevada Operations. These chips were in use when Howard Hughes owned and ran the sands. Now, prior to 1987, casinos could dispose of chips and tokens as they saw fit. Many times, old chips and tokens ended up at the bottom of Lake Mead or thrown <laughs> down abandoned man shafts. Mine, mine, mine shafts. shafts. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. Oh, that just went in a really weird a, direction. Yes, right? <laughs> No, if you're looking for a, a, a podcast title, Manchef wouldn't be a bad one. A bad right. Manchef wouldn't be a bad one. No one knows uh, for sure when casino executives first thought to put them in the foundation of new casino constructions. Some people say it was done for luck. Others say it was a pragmatic approach to solving the problem of what to do with thousands of obsolete chips and tokens. But that all changed in 1987 when the state of Nevada passed regulation 12 this regulation requires casinos to destroy obsolete chips and tokens in a regulated manner and outlaw the practice of making chips currency outside of the casino before then it was not uncommon to buy goods or services with casino <laughs> chips in las vegas I know, I... then in 1993 <laughs> while demolishing the dunes hotel and casino demolition workers found hundreds of dunes chips embedded in sections of the foundation. 
Again, in 2007, when the new Frontier Hotel and Casino was demolished, sections of concretes with chips and tokens from casinos as far away as Laughlin were discovered in portions of the foundations. And that apparently, or allegedly, is where my Sands chip was found, Ooh. was as a part of this foundation that had been the building for the New Frontier Hotel. That's really cool. Awesome. Oh my God. So cool. So, how, so out of curiosity, how long were you guys in Spinetti's? Probably a good hour. Easily. Easily. Because Mark was incredibly patient with me. He let me wander and <laughs> look at everything. I looked at decks of cards. I looked at dice. What was, I your, looked at, was your wife with you? Yeah, she, she was. was. Oh, she was? She was she was just as entertained. Like she's okay. looking at ashtrays and she's looking at like, like she's just going through shit. It was, it was such a wonderful, well, if I had a thousand dollars to blow and I mean, truly listen, listeners, if you're looking on how you want to spend your Biden COVID 14 money or COVID 19, $1400 <laughs> money, take it to Spinetti's and just go hog wild on dice and chips and decks of cards and ashtrays. It's, it is such a cool place. And it's funny because you mentioned getting the swizzle t- stick and every time I see a swizzle stick, I think of Sky and the Rocks. Right, mm, right. Because he's uh, they have like a, a collection of um, vintage ones at the Neon Museum. And every time they I see them, they got them in too. Do that, yeah. Well, yeah. these are in a pretty little plexiglass box and right. everything else. But yeah, every time I see him, I think of him, so... Okay, so we've got some emails that you uh, that you're going to talk about, uh, Karen. So why don't you yep. just start in? Speaking of Sky and the Rocks, why don't you jump in on our our Patreon comments and we'll give some feedback here and there. All right. So this comes from our dear friend Rob Taylor, who is AKA Sky and the Rocks. Rob says, "I enjoy the conversation about Caesars losing money on the buffet." Cheers to Tony for pointing that out. His pointing out that historically the purpose of the buffet was to be a loss leader designed to draw more people into the casino and therefore more money for the house. Also, I'm not an accountant, but I would bet you guys know a pretty good one. Is it possible that when they say, quote, we lost a million, what they really mean is they made a million but could have made two million if the space was repurposed to a strip club serving blue ribbon chicken with Muscle Mike as the bouncer? <laughs> Great show today. Oh, my God. I love everything about Rob. <laughs> Holy shit. I got such a man crush on this guy. He's so fucking funny. He is. <laughs> we don't want to be him when we grow up. Right. right. <laughs> Smooth. He's debonair. Oh, he's, 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 he's a real life 007. If yeah, he's a real life George Clooney with more hair. Yes. But, but to answer his question, um, if, if they actually say they lost a million per, I don't think they could say we could have made, you know, 2 million and only made one. I, I don't think they're a publicly held company and, you know, they've got some rules and regulations associated with it. And so I don't, they'd have to like project out what it could have been. So I don't think that's the case. I do think it's possible that they took all their buffets in aggregate and, you know, counted up the, the money in and the money and the cost out and said it averaged a million dollar loss each because that would, I mean, that's a, a statement that they could make, but maybe they lost all of it on Bacchanal. And maybe they lost it, you know, ten million there, which I don't think is the case. But then when they added up all their buffets and divided it out, it averaged to a million apiece. Okay, I see. That makes sense. What do you look at the prices of what Bacchanal costs and the fact that idiots like me are more than willing to to pay that price? It that that seems hard for me to believe. Now, if they wanted to close down, say, Flamingo or uh, Paris or even to a lesser extent, maybe Planet Hollywood, I could totally get on board with that. I just do not see how when you're charging folks 55 to $75, depending on which, what part of the day they're coming to Bacchanal. I just, I just do not understand. Even on the low end, I do not think they could possibly lose money. The other thing you have to take into account is what year are they looking at? And so if they're looking at 2020, it's entirely possible that when they had to turn around and shut everything down, all of the food stores that they had, they lost. I mean, they probably donated them to, to food banks and stuff like that. But, And then if they tried to reopen, um, it, you know, they, they couldn't or it was impossible to project how much they were going to need. And so there was a ton of food waste. So there's a lot of different things that could go into it. I don't think in general, just on average, they lost that much a year. I agree. 
I agree. And 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 you know what? Let's just go back to the final comment, which is Rob's right. Why not use buffets as a loss leader? What is so wrong with losing a nickel at the buffets to win a dollar in the casino? I just I cannot get over this. This you must maximize every single penny out of every single square foot of a casino it's just i just i can't especially not right now i just in, in this day and age i can't wrap my head around it hello but, uh, eldorado exactly next up next up we have an email from ben mcgovern he writes hello 360 my wife and i went to sinatra when encore on saturday night and i have a few observations number Before one he gets into his observations have you guys yet dined there we have but it's been a while a long time ago it's been yeah it's been years I mean, I remember it was delicious, but it's, it's been a while. Okay, cool. All right. Number one, first, they still have extensive security at all entrances. This includes emptying all pockets and wadding, wanding every person that enters. Security is not a joke, which is ironic is considering... more extreme. Yeah. Why is that ironic? Well, considering the, the story about the one security guard. Oh, oh, geez, yeah, ouch, yeah. I mean, maybe that's part and parcel why they've gotten there. I can tell you, Labor Day of last year, which at this point has now been about nine months, uh, that was not going on. But we were also at win right as the... Well, you can remember they had that big old fight with the security guards that happened, and yeah, they they yeah, had a couple Labor of really... Day, we were there. So yeah. this must be new since we were there. That that was not the case. You could, you, they did, they just, COVID like temperature screening and then after that head on out kids yeah number two the overall vibe at the win was pretty good the tables were packed and if you didn't know there was a pandemic going on you would not have noticed except for the masks again the only comment i have to say is as you point out karen with half the tables being closed out yeah they're they're cramming more people into less space yep Number three, Encore felt pretty dead. Only a handful of people playing slots and most table games were closed. See, and that makes me sad because I never wanted to play at Win, but I've played at Encore before and I've enjoyed it. Hmm. I think my wife and I spent more time gambling in Encore than we did Win, and I'm going to chalk it up to exactly that. And, and, and at that time, the hotel tower was not yet closed. So I, I, personally, I, I hate human beings, so I like the privacy. <laughs> Okay, number three. Encore felt... Oh, no, I said that one already. My my bad. All right, uh, number four. The Sinatra restaurant was excellent. I had asabuco, and my wife had pasta stuffed with squash, which were both very well done. The asabuco with saffron risotto was one of the best meals I've ever had in Vegas. Asabuco is one of my favorites. The meat was perfectly well cooked and meshed perfectly with the risotto. The cocktail menu, as you would expect, had many Sinatra-themed cocktails, including a few Danny Ocean-themed cocktails. The service staff had the right balance of being there when you needed another cocktail or had a question about the menu, but not in your face every 30 seconds. The dessert menu was also top-notch. My wife had the cannolis and I had the panna cotta. Both were outstanding. As another example of good service, when my wife had asked a question about the dessert wine, the waiter called over the sommelier and helped my wine pick or help my wife pick a dessert wine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> help my wine pick a wife. <laughs> All told, the bill before tip was 187 which considering that included cocktails, two main courses, and desserts, is not too bad for a top-shelf restaurant. Also, you guys mentioned on the podcast about the cost of absinthe show tickets, and their pricing structure is pretty similar to what other shows and events are doing. For the Vegas Golden Knights, I was on the pre-sale for tickets, with the cheapest ticket with fees was over $200. Typically, they would be 75 ish for where the seats are. So what Absinthe is doing is not unique. Hopefully this is just a short-term phase as the city reopens again. Great job with the podcast and looking forward to Vegas vacation. Regards, Ben. Well, thank you, sir. Thank you, Ben. That was a great, that awesome. was a great email. That is awesome. I, I've had the luxury of being able to eat at uh, Sinatra a, a, a number of times, and I, it's never, and I mean never, disappointed me. If When people say if I want to do one really nice high-end restaurant, what would you recommend? Sinatra is always at the top of the list. I just, I love it. I love, but guys, you got to understand, I am totally biased. I will always recommend something that is a Rat Pack theme. And <laughs> Very true. Because the music that they play, I'm sure, is right up oh your alley. Oh, God. Uh, yeah, it's nothing but Sammy and Frank and, 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 and 
Dean. So yeah, yeah. Cool. Cool. Interesting. That, was, that was fun, Ben. Thanks for that. That was a great review. I, I do want to throw out real quick about the Golden Knights tickets because I'm surprised that um, he was even able to try to get tickets right now because they they're we're limited to only 2,600 people in the arena. And I thought that the first option to those went to season ticket holders. Well, who says he's not a season ticket holder? Well, maybe he, he is, but if it if he is, he's coming in from out of town to go to a hell of a lot of games. Ben McGovern? Yeah. He lives here. Oh, he does? Yes. Oops, my bad. I didn't know that. Yeah, okay. maybe maybe oh. maybe just I knew that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think I knew that. Why have oh, games get all uppity on me and Why why haven't we have hung out with him before? We I have. Oh, you have. Okay, great. Thanks. Now I'm now I'm upset. All right, whatever. <laughs> So maybe he does. Okay. My only point was going to be if even for season ticket holders, they go for 200 a piece on a presale directly from the Knights, not a resale thing. Then that's, yeah, that's, that's, they're making up for what they can't get other yeah. times. Yeah. I don't know. I'd pay an overinflated price to see corn price price. Yeah, that's right. Thought I said it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Are we? Are you moving me on, or I'm just moving? I, I guess we're moving on. Do we lose Tony? No, I'm here. Oh, okay. I, I, you let me say everything I needed to say. All right. Well, then I'll, I'll go on to our next email, which is coming from John Leonard. This is John's report on Bellagio. First fail: no valet parking. One guy in valet area gives me the excuse, "quote We're painting," which is a BS excuse for there being no valet parking. A different person gave my wife a different excuse, and then a bellman gave us a third excuse, which I find the most believable, and said they're trying to get out of a contract with an outside company that previously handled their valet parking. He also said they've hired a new valet manager, but they have not yet put the new service in place. Note, Cosmo has had valet parking since they reopened, and Planet Hollywood and Caesars have it because we've used it. Hmm. Not all Caesars have it, because I know Cromwell still doesn't. That's right. So it might be property specific, but yeah. But it is an MGM property, so who knows? Mm -hmm. Second fail. Most of the TV channels on the TV, most of the TV, most of the channels on the TV would go blank after 10 seconds or so. It made it almost unwatchable. What? That's bullshit. It's like every 10 seconds the TV goes blank? Oh, that's annoying. Yeah, that would be. Yeah. Wait, where is this? Bellagio? Jesus. Third fail. I pick up the old corded phone in the room and press the guest services button. No answer. I get a recording. We'll be with you in a moment. Several minutes later, I give up and hang up. A few minutes later, I try again and get the same results. This is supposed to be a top tier resort. I went downstairs to get my answer. Yikes. That's not good. (laughs) Fourth fail. Before checking out, I press the bell desk button on the phone. It rings, then stops ringing as if it was answered but nobody is there. I try again, same result. In desperation, I press guest services. This time, someone answers and says they'll call the bell desk for me. This did work. For a 20-year-old property, I have to give MGM credit for keeping it fresh looking, but it appears mismanaged. Bellagio is like a fine luxury car that someone has maintained inside and out, interior and exterior, but is totally neglected mechanically. It looks great, but it doesn't function well. (laughs) Steve Wynn built a great property, but I think the great customer service may have left with him. And that is our dear friend, John Leonard. Wow, that was a great great email. Thank you, John. It was. And I love the analogy at the end about it, you know, yeah. great looking sports car. It just doesn't work well mechanically. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh, the only con- the only thing I can contribute to this conversation, John, was when I turned 40. Yes, when I turned 40. So that would have been eek, what will be four years ago this birthday. Um, <laughs> I decided to really blow it out and I wanted to get uh, a penthouse suite at the Bellagio. And and I did. And there were sewer gases coming up and out of the sink in the main uh, living room's wet bar. And it was, you could only get so close to the wet bar within the living room area without it smelling like, you know, someone took a giant dump in the sink. So it disappoints me to hear that some almost four years later, Things have only gotten worse, and that is heartbreaking. Yeah, this is just reinforcing why I have no desire to stay there. I don't blame you. I really don't. I mean, unless you can get it comped and just you know get a 
get a basic room, get it comped so it doesn't cost you anything to say that you've stayed there, I mean, then that then it would be worthwhile doing. It's just for me, um, like walking into Bellagio, I've never felt welcomed there. Right. I've never I felt like I belonged. I never felt, and I love, you know, going to see the conservatory and they do have some really good restaurants. I don't think I've ever gambled there. I just, it's just not, I love the fountain show, but it's just not, no. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. And then. And then our last uh, listener feedback is an email from our friend, James Jones. James says, I just got done watching the evolution of Vegas episode two, Billy Wilkerson and the Flamingo on Patreon. I have heard this before when it was on the Enhanced Podcast. I enjoyed the re-listen and may have even caught a few things I missed the first time. I noticed while watching the YouTube subscription symbol on the bottom of the screen. I did not realize you had a YouTube channel. I subscribed and found a few other 30-second videos I enjoyed. Thank you for the hard work on putting this together in yet another format. I appreciate all your content, content to help me get through between trips. All the best, James Jones. Well, thank you, James. That's that's very much appreciated. <laughs> Mark puts a lot of work into those, so it is appreciated. Yes. I, ha- I have to say, we did a, a road trip um, last week, and uh, part of what we listened to, because we were going through the middle of nowhere, were all of the Vintage Vegas episodes. Right. And Mark put them in the order he wanted them to be listened to. And uh, I... It was funny. There was a lot of it I knew, and, and Mark was proud of me for what I knew, but there was a lot of it I was like, wait, what? So yeah. they, they are fun to go back and, and re-listen to. So if you haven't, they're, again, he put a ton of work into them, and they're actually really well laid out. They're my, they're my pride and joy. That's, that's, that's all there is to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I can't say it any better. It was it, for, for good reason. And, and, and James, quite frankly, if you didn't notice already, I ever so slightly uh, borrowed your observations about, <laughs> you know, the, the things that you, you don't pick up the first time around until you can truly visualize it and see it. And it's right in front of you. You're like, oh, wait. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, I've got to apologize. I don't. I don't advertise this show as as well as as I could. I just don't like self promoting. This mean, is true. You don't like. I like. I like telling people. You know that stuff's out there, but promoting typically means you've got to really kind of reinforce it and throw it in their face. And and I'm like, I'll tell you about it once or twice, but after that, you got to go figure it out. <laughs> Well, if I may, and I'm going to take a, a quick opportunity to embarrass the hell out of Mark. So, Mark, if you want to shut your mic off for a hot second, <laughs> you know, listen, listeners, we've got episode number 360, two episodes away. Now, the best part is we, Mark specifically, can control when the 360th podcast comes out. <laughs> yes, he can. Right. That being said, uh, listen, um, you know, we've talked about what, what do we do? Like, and folks and have asked us, folks have asked us, like, what are you going to do? Like, it's your right. 360th episode. You kind of have to do a tie in. Um, I think Karen, if I can pull you into this, absolutely. Well, I maybe think it would be fun to at least let's start with maybe ask the listeners. Is there, is there a specific episode? In, and if there is listeners, you know, you got to let us know what the, the minute marker is so that nobody has to go through and listen to hours and hours and hours of podcasting you know is there a is there a a moment moment yeah in in the podcast over the last 358 podcasts that you love so much was there you know i think one of the nicest compliments that we can ever get from a listener is when they say i was driving to work and i was listening to your podcast and i damn near drove off the road laughing (laughs) at you know and then fill in the blank like what was that moment where you proverbially almost drove off the road with fits of laughter because we want to know about that like what was the episode what was the minute marker because we could theoretically pull that that segment in and and re-listen to it with your with your commentary we just want to know like what are your thoughts on on what have you enjoyed out of 360 vegas because we want to try to do this for for the listener. And, and I told Mark, I'm more than happy to do as much grunt work as I can to help make it possible. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's it's one of those things where I can't tell you how many times we've I've seen a comment on Twitter or we've gotten some feedback that said, oh, my God, I can't believe Karen said X. And I'm like, what the hell did I say? And you have to go back <laughs> and like look it up again. And it, so it would really be fun, I think. And, and I think the three of us need to kind of sit back and say, OK, what was our favorite or funniest moment or something that, you know, we need to look for those, too. 
but I would love to hear what the listeners love the most. And again, if you can give us, if you want to just send us a quote and say, I don't remember what episode, but I, you, you said this, you know, not going to promise that we're going to recite them all, but even if it's just that, but if you have a, sp- a specific moment, as Tony said, and you give us the episode and about the minute marker where it's at, um, maybe we can pull some clips and re-listen to them again and, and listen to what total dorks and assholes we sound like. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that would be fun. I, I can't think of a better way to, you know, celebrate the 360 milestone than, you know, times that the folks that bother to listen to this show have found the funniest or the most interesting or whatever it might be. So yeah, I think that's our plug is if you've got a moment, try to find the episode and and about where it's at and share it with us and we'll do our best to put those together for a, a 360 show. And, and I'll, uh, if I may, I'll even chime in with one th- more thought. Even if you don't necessarily have a, a specific moment from the podcast, if there's something you want to chime in and contribute to or, or, or about the, the podcast, we, we're always oh, looking forward yeah, to, some, to some, something fun. What, what have you gotten or what did you – did you do something based on the podcast that you'd never considered doing before? Mm. Hint, hint, straight razor shaves, gentlemen. Or food. You know? Hello. Or, yeah, right? Dining. Like what's – chime in. We want to know. We want to – this is this, – this will be fun. It'll just be an opportunity to celebrate all things 360 Vegas. All right. Now that I've done my best part to help embarrass uh, the shit out of Mark <laughs> – we should wrap up episode number three, five, eight. So you really only have like this and one more podcast kids. Uh, thank you all for listening and downloading. We really do appreciate it. If you'd like to check out any of the stories on today's show, you can do so on the blog, which is 360vegaspodcast.com. You can get exclusive and premium content when you subscribe to our show, which is uh, patreon.com slash 360vegas. And you can get 360vegas shirts, mugs, and quite honestly, anything that we can slap a logo on and then sell to you. Is Zazzle. Oh, talk about that. Hey, have you guys ever bought anything off from Zazzle.com slash 360 Vegas? What about <laughs> pins or T-shirts? Let us know what you got. If you'd like to send some uh, feedback, written or audio, much like our friends Ben McGovern or John uh, Leonard or James Jones or Rob Taylor, you can do so at 360VegasPodcast at gmail.com. Tony, where can folks find you? I am at 360 Vegas, Tony. Karen. I am at 360 Vegas, Karen. He just told you where you can find me. So until next time. 